You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And they're out there, Kyle. The Final Four is set in the Little Debbie Sweet 16. And the poll has been tweeted out. And so now it's open to vote on the Final Four. Uh, but we got to give you the, the results of the uh, Elite Eight, or what do we call it, the Edible Eight. These were closer <laughs> matchups. These were all closer matchups. Oatmeal Cream Pie gets by the four-seed Zebra Cake, 61% to 39%. And Honey Buns, the seven-seed, beats Chocolate Cupcakes, the three-seed. 55-45% after running away with the big upset against Star Crunch. And so I don't, Honey Buns and Oatmeal Cream Pie in this Final Four matchup, I mean, my goodness, I, 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 could, see, I could see a possible Honey Buns upset here. Yeah, the dream, the dream run continues. I mean, just, uh, you know, Aaron Harrison uh, with another big three late. And the, uh, the the drastically underseeded honey buns making yeah. the big dogs pay, you know. So uh, honey buns, oatmeal, cream pie. I would have I would have been probably confident oatmeal cream pies over just about anybody, um, right? Leading up to the championship game, but honey buns. I mean, this is this has revealed to me this process that people love honey buns. Yeah, I, I didn't I, I didn't I realize that it, either. But, I don't get going it, into this. Uh, I thought they, they were the Loyola Chicago, uh, <laughs> but they are clearly bigger than that. And then, so in the other matchup, it was the one seed Nutty Buddy Bars getting by the Christmas tree cakes, the four seed, 60% to 40%. Uh, another fairly close matchup there. So Nutty Buddy Bars moves on and will take on Swiss Rolls, the two seed, in the final four after getting by. Uh, the three seed cosmic brownies, fifty eight percent to forty two percent. I think we got it right there. Christmas tree cakes had a nice run, but yeah, yeah, I think we've got the. I would say the the world population would probably, in a blind taste test, probably agree on these these final two. Um, I have a soft spot for Christmas tree cakes. That's really the only argument I could make you know, for, for somebody <laughs> yeah. else being there. Um, I mean, a fudge round and a, and an oatmeal cream pie, are the same snack with different flavors. Um, yeah. And the oatmeal cream pie is just better. Yeah. Uh, much like somebody, somebody pointed out has anybody the other day, had anybody considered the mind blowing possibility of zebra cakes meeting Christmas tree cakes <laughs> in the title game? <laughs> Because they're yeah, they're essentially the same cake. They're they're yeah. the same thing, dyed dyed and cut shaped differently. Um, but uh, no, I think we've got a good final four. Um, I wouldn't have honey buns there. I mean, Star Crunch to me, um, you know, really got that. Really did get that Wichita State treatment. Deserved better after the year they had, but uh, but I can't really quibble too much with this. And and fine, I mean, it's interesting too. We've had the votes get closer and closer. 
uh, as this thing gets whittled down. I mean, if we if we get a, I think I said before we even did this bracket when we were just talking about the little debbies. I think I said oatmeal cream pies and and nutty buddy bars are my favorite too. Yeah, if we get those colliding for the title, I I would guess that will be a razor thin voting margin. Yeah, I mean those are my two favorites as well. I, I don't know how many other people are out there feel the same, but they are for a reason. Number one and number two best selling Little Debbie snack cakes. The company's history; those are the two best selling products they have. Oh, Oatmeal interesting. Cream pies and Nutty Buddy bars. Interesting. So, I mean, there's a reason they're in the final four. Yeah, it's probably been around about probably been around longer than most almost all of those. I bet those yeah. Swiss rolls have been around a long time. And the honey yeah. bun. I mean, really, yeah. our final four probably in the in the top end of bestsellers, but probably also been around longer than a lot of these other really random novelty snacks. I, I'm amazed that you know I haven't eaten many in recent years, but back in the day, a lot of little Debbie snacks as a youngster. But that during this process, you have managed to introduce me to something I didn't know. Those peanut butter crunch bars, I'm going to go find some. I, I I don't know how yeah. I never knew they existed, but I, I never knew anything about a peanut butter crunch bar. Yeah, they're really good. It's like I said, it's one of the things I don't buy because I know I will eat it all in a, in a matter of a couple of days. That, that's another thing is the oatmeal cream pies, they're good enough, uh, but it's not like... They're like, oh my God, but they're just good. So I could have one and be like, oh, okay, you know, I don't need to have one every day. Right. Uh, but a Nutty Buddy bar, yeah, I, I usually don't buy those either because those, I mean, they're too good. The problem with uh, any wafered uh, snack food, like I like just the, like the, like the vanilla, strawberry, right. chocolate, like wafers with cream in between them. Yeah. And those, they just like dissolve in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not like eating anything. And the, the Nutty Buddy Bars, even though they're chocolate and peanut butter, kind of heavy stuff, they kind of do that too. And they're, so I can light feeling, I mean, yeah. I could inhale. I mean, I could inhale a box of Nutty Buddy Bars. No, <laughs> right. no question. <laughs> All right. So go out there and vote. The final four is set. Uh, and we'll talk on tomorrow's episode about, you know, who's in the championship game. Um, but we got a, a few little items to hit on. Well, Kentucky has a new walk-on basketball player it's the grandson of john calipari's college coach when john calipari was at clarion college his coach there uh his this is his grandson isaac de gregorio um and you know luckily he probably won't get much playing time because that highlight will be very difficult to say de gregorio from three (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a it's a it's a complicated name yeah yeah but so he's he's on the team there um which Cal takes care of his people, man. If you got a, if you got a yeah. college age kid who can dribble a basketball, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you were good to John Calipari along the way, welcome to Kentucky. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, what else are you going to use your walk ons for? Um, right. You know, they've, they've got a, a couple. You know, they've got a couple that can play. You know, like Brennan Canada. Like he, you know, he can at some point if they were in a, an emergency, he's a six seven guy who can play a little bit. Like yeah. you need you need one or two of those. Um, but you know, if you don't fill your roster ever, um, right. You, you know, get, get guys that are good guys that have a, you know, I think the, you know, kid they got this year with, you know, a huge NBA background who wants to be a coach and a yeah. Riley Welch. It's like, that's a, that's a great, 
thing to do. Uh, if you've got got some connections, as long as those guys get their grades and help the team GPA, that's what they're there for. Exactly. I mean, it's an opportunity. Uh, it's a good opportunity for a young man to uh, to get a start on his career. Uh, also, it came out this week, UK, I think John Rothstein from CBS Sports said Kentucky's already got uh, Richmond, the Richmond Spiders on the schedule for next year or next season at Rupp Arena. That was something else that came out this week. Um, EJ Montgomery's dad talked to Jerry Tipton of the Lex- Lexington Herald leader and said uh, he thought that EJ already has the offensive skills that he needs uh, to go play in the NBA. He just hasn't uh, shown him at Kentucky yet, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have them. Why go back and waste another year? That's what he said. Yeah, waste the word waste. Whole year. I thought yeah. I thought the word waste was really, really interesting and probably not uh, reverberating real comfortably through the hallways at, uh, well, I guess not at the craft center, but at John Calipari's house. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, and that was such a different tone. I mean, I had spoken to his mom and they're under the same roof. I mean, his parents are together. I had spoken to his mom like the day before and it was a much more sort of, we don't know with all this stuff going on. There's so much uncertainty. We're not knowing about, you know, combine and workouts. We don't know. And Cal's told us to sit tight um, for his dad to come out the next day uh, to someone mm-hmm. else and be use the word waste about coming back to waste another year. That, that cannot be very encouraging. That sounds to me like they, at least one member of the family already feels like he needs to go. Um, right. It's strange because I don't know where he's going. I mean, he's, he's, uh, it's really strange. Uh, everyone I've talked to at the NBA level thinks there's like EJ Montgomery's not getting drafted. And, you know, you hear him talk, his dad talk about it like, oh, NBA teams are calling and asking what we're going to do. So that's, that must be good. Like, well, mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're probably trying to get a handle on who's going to be in the draft, but uh, we'll see. I mean, that I, at this point, I think you have to prepare yourself. If you're a Kentucky fan, if you're a Kentucky coach, you've got to kind of brace for the increasing possibility that all five of the guys that are putting their name in the draft are going to stay in the draft, that you're going to lose Higgins quickly, Maxie, EJ, and Nick, your entire starting five. Um, Yeah. And then the only guy back, you lost Johnny to transfer. So the only guy back who played any minutes is Keon Brooks, if that happens. That is crazy. That is not what people, I mean, I don't think any of us were thinking that. You know, it's no. like, oh, well, this is going to be another year where they get, you know, a couple guys back that are sophomores and a couple guys back that are juniors, and you add this freshman class, and now you've got something. Um, yeah. Now it's going to be potentially one sophomore who was a pretty deep reserve, Keon, although he came on late. And I think Keon would be very good for them, and this would be a huge opportunity for him. I'm a big I'm a big uh, believer that Keon Brooks is going to be a very good player at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but he's one dude. So then you're filling out your roster with like they might have three grad transfers next year. I mean they're going to have to go get people, um, <laughs> right? And so your whole roster, even if you get some experienced guys, a lot of those guys are going to be new to your program. So it's just going to be another year of, you know, what does this team even look like <laughs> for right. two months? Right. Yeah, your colleague at the Athletic, Sam Vicini, his uh, latest NBA draft big board, he's got Maxi going. Uh, in the top 15, a lottery pick, number 12. He's got quickly uh, going in the early second round at 37, and then Hagen's and Richards going late in the second round at 54 and 57. Uh, so, yeah, EJ Montgomery's not 
on the top 100 there. Um, it's just so, uh, I don't know. It seems so clear from the outside to watch and see this and to know that, you know, Calipari has a certain uh, expectation, a certain standard, certain things he wants to see you do uh, and that he is in it for you. I mean, he wants to see you, you know, succeed. And then to see what Nick Richards has done, to see what, you know, PJ Washington was able to do. Uh, we all seem to see it, but I could see how if you're, you know, a family member, especially, you know, his father watching it from the outside, it may frustrate you um, immensely to think that, well, he's just not getting the right opportunity. It's just not, just not getting his chance to, to showcase himself because Calipari tells him he has, you have to do this. We don't need you to do that. We need you to do this. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, what I don't know how you could look if you're EJ looking, just looking at the landscape next year. I mean, it's wide open for you. Like if if you felt like you haven't been the man to this point, like go be the man yeah. next year, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you are the option inside. Um, you know, I don't know. Is there a, if is there a fear that if he comes back, they put him at the five and he wants to be a stretch four? I mean, I could maybe see that. Um. But I mean, I don't know. Like, you're going to play 35 minutes a game next year if you like, yeah. can walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, right. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, maybe he comes back after all. Maybe that was just a, you know, flippant comment or, you know, something he didn't think through before he let come out of his mouth. I don't know. But I, I think I think at this point you got to – the realist here has to say, you know, Based on the information we have, they could very much, very well lose all five, and it, I would I would almost say it's more likely than not that they're going to lose all five of those guys. All right, well, we are way overdue for a break. Uh, long opening segment because the rest of the show is the part two of our interview with UK safeties coach, new UK safeties coach Frank Buffano. So when we return on Locked On Kentucky, part two of our conversation with Frank Buffano. <laughs> are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Back here on Locked On Kentucky, yesterday was part one of our interview with UK safeties coach Frank Buffano. Today, part two, and we pick it up with Buffano on Mark Stoops' defensive philosophy. One thing I've heard, I want to say I heard another coach under uh, Stoops mention it. Um, it was uh, the defensive coordinator now for Tennessee. I'm sorry. Derek Ansley. Kentucky. Yeah, Derek. Yes, Derek Ansley. Awesome. awesome guy. When I was, yes. yeah. Well, I was interviewing him a few years ago, or early on, early on. I said, uh, he told me that Mark Stoops builds his defense uh, from the outside in. I, I don't, I'm not sure I fully understand and grasp what that means, but you being in the secondary, I would imagine uh, you could explain uh, that a little bit. No, I, I, you know, what I would say is we, we look, we, we build it maybe, maybe, I, I don't want to quote, uh, Coach Ansley or, or whatever, what he said, what he said. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's talking, I would say yeah. maybe from the back end to the front end, as far as, yeah. you know, if this defense, is it going to hurt you in, in, in the pass game more so than it will in the run game or, Hey, yeah, maybe you want to play this coverage, but it's going to put a corner out to dry if we can't protect him at times or, you know, uh, you know, um, so maybe that's what he kind of meant. You know, sometimes you look, you know, you look from the front to the back because it does start up front. 
If you've got a good defensive line, that'll help you in the run game. It'll help you in the pass game. If you can get a pass rusher like a Josh Allen type, some of the guys we have on the team now have that capability in that. They're good outside rushers. We've got some good guys up front in the middle at our nose position. And it helps in the linebackers, and then it trickles down to the secondary. But, okay. you know, that maybe that's, you know, the, the approach. I don't know. You know, that's what I would say maybe outside end, maybe what he meant to say or, or you know, back end to the front end, you know. Looking at this secondary that you take over, I mean, I, I look at this roster, and I'm going down through here, and there's maybe one or two names in the secondary that that I'm not sure has played. Like, we know Kelvin Joseph hasn't played, but Cedric Dort, Devontae Robinson. Uh, I don't know if Moses Douglas actually saw any action last season, uh, but Quandre Mosley, Ty Agin. Uh, Andrew Phillips, I'm not sure if he's played. Brandon Eccles has. Joel Williams, don't know about him. Yusuf Corker, Taj Dodson, Jamari Brown, Jalen Geiger, MJ Devonshire. Uh, you guys got a lot a lot of talent there and uh, a lot of experience, maybe not a ton of experience, but a lot of experience uh, just as far as getting on the football field there. Yeah, no, there's, there, there's a ton of talent there. I mean, I think, you know, uh, obviously um, – Devonte Robinson played a bunch two years ago, and he had an unfortunate in, in injury that uh, that sidelined him for last year's season. But Yusuf Corker's played a bunch. Ty's played. Ty Asian has played uh, a, a bunch of snaps. Um, Quadre Mosley's played. No, um, you know uh, Moses Douglas was, you know, with the new rule that we had in place last year, where you could play in four games. So he had a little bit of sprinkled of experience, uh, you know, experience on the field and. Um, yeah. you know, there, there's some talent back there, but you know what? Sometimes you don't need names. You need guys that buy in and, and want to compete and, and, and get the job done. And I think that's what we have. You know, I think coach Clink's done an outstanding job and coach hood last year with them, you know? Um, and I'm just looking to, to just build off of that and, um, you know, bring the enthusiasm and incitement every day. And, uh, you know, I think as a group, you, you know, we'll, 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 We'll represent. We'll represent well. Believe me. What, what about Devontae? Where is he? Is uh, you, you guys feeling like he's going to be ready to go? You know, I'm not a I'm not a trainer, but we're hoping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he's he's still you know uh, getting back to to, to to full strength, so to speak. But I I can't. That's you know what I mean. You'd have to ask our trainer. You know what the what the timetable is on that. I, I have no yeah. idea. I would hope to have him back. You know what I mean? I would think. I would imagine he'd be back, but. I can't, you know, it's, I don't want to speak on something I don't have any any knowledge on. You know, Frank, going into last season, uh, we had talked about Devontae Robinson there. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was the most senior uh, seasoned guy uh, returning in the secondary. I mean, he lost so much when you look at yeah. Lonnie Johnson, you know, yeah. playing for the Texans, uh, Derek Beatty, Chris Westry, Mike uh, Edwards. Darius West, Shoot. Mike Edwards playing for I mean, the Buccaneers. The yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, huge losses. How did you think uh, you guys handled that? I mean, by the end of the season, uh, I think the statistic was something like, you know, top five as far as uh, secondaries that have allowed the fewest passing touchdowns or fewest uh, passing plays of 40 yards or more. Well, I mean, I you know, I think that the the approach is the next man up. I mean, that that, that season's over just like, you know, this past season's over with. I mean, you may have played, but, you know, you're going to be challenged to to keep your spot, 
you know, you come into spring with everybody's, the, all jobs are open, all positions, you know, and, and you want that competition. But, you know, yeah, we lost those guys, but you can't. The season still went on. We still had to play the games. We still had to practice. And that, you know, I remember Coach uh, Clank and Coach Hood, you know, echoing that to our guys. I mean, there's, there's no – there was no more 2018 season. Yeah, those guys were awesome. They did a great job. You know, the Citrus Bowl, 10 wins. That's all awesome. But slate's wiped clean. You know, as soon as that game's over, you're on to the next year. It's on to 2019 season. You know, as soon as these guys get back in January or they're back in the weight room, we're going for spring ball. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just the, the, the next guy up. That's why you came here. That's why you came to play in the SEC. That's why you came to play to Kentucky. Play, play in those big games and, and you better be ready or else the, there's going, there's someone else waiting to take that spot. But, but I imagine you, you must be, uh, I mean, excited about the prospect of having so many of those guys who didn't have experience to get that experience uh, coming back for you this year or last year. Yeah, this year. Well, the guys who, who took over, who didn't have experience and filled yeah, yeah, that yeah. void by all those guys. And now you, this year going in, you're going to have, guys oh, who yes. played a lot now absolutely yes yeah very excited to get to, to, to coach these guys and, and get involved with them and, and that no, no doubt I mean um but once again when we started spring ball you know coach white got up there and said hey there, every job is open you know don't yeah. get complacent you know don't think that you've arrived um and uh, you know it's our job to get these guys better each day and every day and and that's my job you know Hey, what have you liked about Brad White as a defensive coordinator? What are some of the things that you've seen in him that uh, that, that you're really um, impressed by? Uh, I, I'm just just the way he approaches everything. You know, he's he, he, he's um, he, he's uh, very passionate about what he does, and and he's very very aware of of, of, of everybody, his coaches, you know, that, you know, I work for him and, and, you know, the, the players, you know, and, and his, you know, like I said, his passion about the game and then his knowledge, you know, uh, um, uh, in, a, in a different, you know, and you look at some things different. That's what's unique when you bring in and in, in, in guys and that is there's some, just, you know, different ways to do a little bit. We tweak some things that, you know, that coach house did and, they, they, and coach house tweaks some things. Everyone's got like a little bit of a style of their own. And uh, I just, uh, I, I like the way he handles things. I like the way he goes about the approach to the, to the game. Um, and, uh, you know, I enjoy working for him, man. He, awesome person. Awesome guy. When we continue with coach Buffano, how Stoops built the Kentucky football program plus recruiting after this unlocked on Kentucky. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. We're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and we now continue our conversation with new UK safeties coach Frank Buffano. Since you were, you've been, you know, at Kentucky for the the whole the whole time here uh, since Mark Stoops came, you know, through mm-hmm. where the program is now. What are some of the things that you notice that are so much different from that, you know, year one, year two, year three versus you know the last two three years? Well, I, I just think that you know we've got, we've got a system in place now, you know, we've got a culture in place and that was the hardest things to overcome. And, and, and we're able, obviously now over these years, we're, we're, we're recruiting at a higher level and that's because of the success that we've had on the field and uh, in, in the seasons. And that, that, that takes a lot, you know, when we went to Arizona uh, when I first got there, it was, it was very similar, you know, uh, uh, just at the bottom of, 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 
of the pack, so to speak. And, um, you know, uh, no different than when I went to YSU. So uh, when we came here, it was, you know, you, you, you put together, you have a vision, which coach has, and a system. And then you work on bringing in talent. You work on changing the culture. And that takes time. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, very thankful that um, Mitch Barnhart and, and Dr. Capilouto were, were, gave, gave coach the time to do what he needed to do. You know, sometimes you don't get that in this business. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a now business, you know, and, uh, but, uh, they, they, they were patient with them and, and, uh, you know, let, let it develop and let it, let, let it just let the culture change and the adjustments and then the commitment with the stadium renovation and our new facility. So a lot of that has, has helped, uh, tremendously in, in the recruiting and that's where it starts in recruiting. You know, you got, you got to get, you got to know what you're looking for and, and what type of player you can't chase stars all the time. And uh, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta do your homework. And I think we've done a good job of that. Uh, when, when recruiting and evaluating uh, talent. Mark is a guy, his whole career that's been known as a, a defensive backs guy mm-hmm. going back to Wyoming, transformed yeah. that, uh, mm-hmm. that secondary to kind of get everything rolling um, and, and all the way through Um and, I, and I'm curious now in your your role, as you've sort of observed him and other coaches and, and you know, prepared yourself for this on-field role, what, what was the biggest thing that stuck out to you over the years of watching Mark work with defensive backs that that is, you know, I don't know, the, the secret sauce or the just the thing that you go, okay, this is different about him. This makes him, you know, this is why he's so good at this. Uh, I think it's, the, you know, understanding – each individual player and understanding them as a person, you know, what makes them tick, what, what makes them go. And, you know, and the, 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 the care that he has for his players, you know, back, you know, when you're just a secondary coach, you have, you know, if you look at our whole secondary, there's probably 18 of us in there players, you know, well, he did that and he's a defense coordinator. He picks up forty to fifty guys. Now he's a head coach. So that, that's what I've learned. You know, that's one of the things that sticks out is you know everybody learns different. Everybody responds different. And I think that you know outside of the knowledge of the game and the X and O's piece, uh, that that's one thing that I noticed. You know, um, uh, that uh, you know sometimes you, you got to push certain bus, buttons on certain people and figuring that out. And, and if you can you can have that knack and in that you can. You know, you can you can get get the job done. You know, and that's that's one of the things that I noticed. You know what I mean? Some people call them players, coach, whatever, but you know, those guys love playing for him. They, they all did, and you know, he's not afraid to get in anybody's rear end when he has to. So, but you know, there's care and love behind all that, and I think that's that's the mix that you got to have. You know, circling back around there to what you're talking about evaluating players, um, mm-hmm. what is it you guys have done so well? And uh, it, it seems that, uh, you know, when you guys start to uh, get in on a player, uh, other teams follow. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, I, I don't know, you know, why, why people follow, whatever. But um, I think it's just, uh, you know, just the process. You know, you, you have your area that you recruit. You have your positions that you recruit. And I think that we all – do a good job of bringing guys to the table and evaluating them prior 
then bringing him into the group as, as a defense and an offense and then as a staff to watch. And I think that that, you know, you get a lot of opinions on a person, you know what I mean? And then, you know, obviously talking with their, their high school coach and that and what type of person he is. Does, does he love the game? I mean, you got to love football in the, this day and age. There's, there's a lot of easier things to do, sit at home on your whatever, uh, play games and all that other stuff. So, you know, that's what we're looking for, guys that love the game. And, you know, obviously they got to be a, a, a great player too. Um, and, you know, you're always looking to – it's always you, you better recruit better better get better talent here that's just you know it's a phrase that you use you know you're always looking and um i just think that uh, you know as a staff and um we do we do we do a great job of that great job of evaluating thus far you know knock on wood you know but uh i just think as a whole we we you know it's a collective effort what's it like right now i mean what's recruiting like right now for you guys uh, you know, you, you're still staying in touch with these guys. Obviously, you know, uh, you don't have the opportunity to get them onto campus and, and uh, you know, visit and say hello to all the different coaches and that. And you're, 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 you're you know, you're, you're building a relationship through direct messaging and, and, you know, a phone call here and there that you're allowed to have and, and them calling you. So it's a little different, you know, uh, it's a little different for everybody, you know. So uh, uh, we're, we're just you know, constantly staying in touch with, uh, with our guys, um, you know, in our areas and in our positions and that, and, you know, just, just kind of managing through there, you know, it's, it's a little untreaded water, so to speak right now. I mean, just like I was saying earlier with our player, with my own players, you know, just talking to them on a day-to-day basis, you know, top thing is make sure they're all right. You know, are they okay? There's a lot going on in the world, you know, you know, he makes sure their family's good. Nobody's sick, you know, I mean, um, and just trying to, trying to manage that with my own family. You know, there's a lot of unknown questions. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, just doing the best we can to, to, you know, just stay in touch with them until, until we're able to get back out there and see them, you know, we're going to probably miss spring recruiting, which was another evaluation period, you know, to go up and see some of the guys work out, see some of the practices and whatnot and evaluate there. So, I mean, there's just, there's a, a lot of things that are getting, put on hold in that and that we're going to have to do a do a do a better job off of film than we are in, in, in person right now so and that's basically what you're doing it's just you know going back watching games and over and over you know you, you can never stop evaluating somebody yeah, speaking of this time of uncertainty and just not knowing uh you know we don't know uh when you know restrictions will be lifted we don't know when we would get back to some sort of normalcy and uh you know there's there's even some speculation or at least a thought that we may not be able to be back uh, t- to a point where we could fill stadiums again uh, the first weekend or that last weekend in August, that first weekend in September, Labor Day weekend. Well, realistically, what, what kind of time does a football program need to be ready to play on day one. Cause I know you guys have summer workouts. A lot of guys come in early, you know, take summer classes uh, to be together as a team and work out before uh, the coaches are allowed to see them. Uh, and then you have fall camp that starts w- under these circumstances. Realistically, what is any, any, not just UK, but any college football team uh, and a power five level need to have time wise to be ready to play a football game. I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I don't feel I'm in a position to answer that, nor do I have an idea. There's so many moving parts to it. There's your strength staff. There's Coach Stoops. There's, you know, and we, we met when this first, when the, the you know, uh, 
when we got back off of our spring break, you know what I mean? With the, with the plan that we have right now, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how long it would take. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you, 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 for the safety of the players and that, you want to give them time to get back into shape. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know, you know, and I'm not an expert in that area. Uh, you know, coach uh, Edmund and coach Hill would be, uh, you know, the guys that asked that question, what they need as far as time. And then, you know, obviously, you know, you, as a, as a position coach, you just need the, the, the proper time to go through um, a camp, you know, and get back, you know, good thing about us is the way I look at it is we're not really, you know, we're, we're, we're not a new staff, so to speak, you know, we didn't come in as a, just as our first year, you know, being hired in. So we do have a system in place with our defense and our offense. And, um, so, you know, uh, outside of just tweaking some things and doing some things, you know, we wanted to get, get a chance to see, to see, uh, in the spring. I mean, we, you lose a little bit of that, but, um, you know, to be honest, I don't know. I just want to play football this, this, this fall. I think, uh, I think the country needs that kind of boost, you know, uh, be a, be a, that means that things are good things <laughs> where we're able yeah. to not be six feet. We don't have the six, six foot rule and, and all that, you know? No doubt about it. Well, we definitely, uh, yeah, all of us are looking for that boost, especially uh, sports right. fans hoping to, to see college football in the fall. That would just be, uh, it's already depressing enough that, uh, you know, we got so many people sick and in danger. And, yep. Uh, no sports, but it would, it would be beyond that uh, if we had to carry it through the rest of the year. So, yeah. hey, Frank, congratulations on the new position, the promotion as safeties coach there at the University of Kentucky. And we appreciate you taking time. Uh, to talk to us today. I think yes, you thank guys. you so much. Yep, Kyle, thank you. Dan, thank you. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, you know, and uh, we'll see you guys down the road. Well, thank right. you again so much. You got it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Take care. Well, that's it for this episode of Locked on Kentucky. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and vote to pick which Little Debbie snacks are moving on to the championship. It's oatmeal cream pies versus honey buns and nutty buddy bars versus Swiss rolls. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.